0: Hello everybody, Uh, as many of you know my name is Aiden and but if we have any visitors that's my name, but uh, today we're going to be giving a sermon about warnings, pride, and temptation. So in the Old Testament uh, that many of us know there's a story of Samson. In his life Samson, like many of us, ignores or is blinded by the warnings. Now, one example can be found in Judges chapter 14, verses 1 through 3, if any of you want to turn there. Samson went down to Timnah and saw a young Philistine woman. When he returned, he said to his father and mother, I have seen a Philistine woman in Timnah, now get, get her for me as a wife. His, fa- his father and mother replied, Isn't there an acceptable one among your relatives or among all of our people? Must you go to the uncircumcised Philistines to get a wife? But Samson said to his father, "Get her for me. She's the right one for me." In other words, Samson is obsessed with her beauty. He doesn't care about what the law or what others think. So, whenever we st- study Samson, we can see that he's an impulsive man with lustful eyes. Now, I want I want you to ask yourself, how many times have we could we have been considered impulsive or have lustful eyes? Now, I'm going to break off on to another true story that happened in 2011 on, in July. <coughs> so about 1,500 people per day embark on the Mist Trail hike to the top of the Vernier far in Yosemite National Park each summer. Park rangers will be the first ones to tell you to obey the signs and then you'll be saved. Now, three people chose to not obey the signs on a hot summer's day. And the, the record snowfalls that winter resulted in spectacular waterfalls like gray waterfalls. That meant swifter but also more powerful waters now that these three individuals would soon underestimate. So you start 4,000 feet elevation on a nice wide path about 3 quarters of a mile up. Uh, you arrive at a bridge with beautiful views of the falls. Now, most people can't resist taking pictures because the beauty of it. So, But now you're going to resume your hike, and the trail quickly turns alongside the river, and you begin your ascent. You soon discover why the trail is the Mist Trail as you climb 1,000 feet of 600 stairs carved out of the rock that it, you, that the rock that leads you up around the Crest Falls. Once on the top, you can take a water break and look down at the river below. The spectacular falls drop 317 feet to the rocks below. Large metal guardrails keep you from slipping into the swift waters. These waters are especially dangerous in the early summer when the snow is mostly melted. Now, people typically follow the posted warnings saying, danger, waterfall. Stay out of the water. Powerful hidden currents will carry you over the fall. Stay back from slippery rock at the water's edge. If you go over the fall, you will die. That's actually how the sign reads. But a dozen people from the Modesto area church group embarked on the Vernal Fall that beautiful July Tuesday And they arrived at the top at about 1.30 in the afternoon when the sun was blazing. But despite the signs, several members of the group decided to hop the large metal fences and make their way to the edge of the water. So one man brought a young girl near the edge, and despite her screaming, to pose for a picture while the teenage girl clicked her camera. Meanwhile, three in the group actually braved the shallow but slippery water 25 feet from the edge of the cliff. Laughing and enjoying the cool water on their feet, several people began shouting at these members of the group, warning them to come back to safety. Their shouts were ignored. The first to slip on the the slick, solid granite river bottom was a 21-year-old girl. It happened so quickly that many didn't even see her slip into the rushing waters. It happened... uh, (laughs) Sorry. A male friend of hers in the group reached for slipping just the same and a third went over for them both and was quickly swept into the current as well. Witnesses looked up as they saw the woman from the group screaming and running along the riverbank. But it was so late, and it all happened in a matter of seconds. Now there is a witness of it uh, named Jake Bibby, and he said, what I, will say, what, will take, what I will take away with me forever is the look on that grown man's face as he was floating down that river, knowing he was going to die and nobody could help him. Other witnesses say the first couple grabbed on each other in, in desperation as they were swept over the falls and the third went alone. And the water was so, like, rigorous that their bodies weren't even discovered until months later. All three were active members of the small Modesto church and all were students. All three had their lives cut short. Why? Because they ignored the warning signs. I want us to consider what the Apostle Paul said in Acts chapter 20, verse 31. So be on your guard. Remember that for three years I never stopped warning each of you night and day with tears. Or even in Colossians chapter 1, verse 28. He is the one we proclaim, warning and teaching everyone with all wisdom, so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. Now, I want, I want you to ask yourself, are you prepared for your day of judgment or are you ignoring the m- many warning signs that the Bible gives us? I want you to consider that mankind is warned about eternity. Mankind is warned that we'll be judged according to our deeds. Mankind is warned that the Christ's return will be like a thief in the night. Mankind is warned that our lives are like a vapor. Here one second, gone the next. Now, Are you taking the warning seriously or are you ignoring them like we do with many other things that so often put us in danger? Likewise, we will be we will have no one to blame if we ignore the warning signs and pay the the ultimate price. Don't wait till it's too late, take the warning seriously. Trust in the Lord with, with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit him, and he will make your path straight.
1: Brothers and sisters, how are you doing today? Recently, as some might have heard, I'm quitting hockey. It's a lifetime sport for me. Been doing it ever since like five, four, maybe sooner. I was on skates before then. It's not hard, and I'm swapping over to football is the thing. It's not hard physically. In general, I've been working out during the summers. I, and hockey workouts were much harder because it was all crunched into like an hour's worth. The problem is mentally. I wake up at seven o'clock to 7.30, go there from eight to 12. That first part was upsetting. because I was spending my summer waking up early, going somewhere, when I'd rather be sleeping in or spending it with friends. That's when doubt first sets in. As time went on, I realized I wasn't exactly good at it. It wasn't that I was weak physically, it was that I was weak mentally. There was a shocking lot to remember, and I really couldn't move on from that as it was weighing down on me. Then two a day started, which basically is the same schedule, except I'd come back at 1.50, and then stay there until 6.30. By the time I got home, eat, shower, and clean, it would be easily seven thirty to eight o'clock. And with a lot of things going on this summer, a lot of my friends can only hang out till ten to eleven. That's only two to three hours seeing them. And that's if I even can on that night. <clears throat> this went on Monday to Thursday, but in my final week it went from those dates with practices on Friday and Saturday. So even again, I more doubt just kept setting in. But what really made me feel doubt about it was how many people come to me and say, hey, you should play. Hey, why aren't you playing? I heard this from friends, family, and many others. It made me realize I might not be ready to say goodbye to hockey completely, as it's still something I love and a part of me. This combined with me not being able to see my friends as much, me not knowing what I was doing, and not knowing what I was feeling about hockey, it made me like worry if I was doing things like right like if I made the right decisions but during all this I talked to a friend of mine who felt doubt in himself too but when I asked him about what his exact words were I wonder if I'm doing everything all right in God's eyes thinking he wasn't as a friend I did what I could to help him one of the factors I gave him was a bible quote Proverbs 3 verses 5 and 6. When you doubt yourself, you can trust in the Lord for direction. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, in all your ways, submit to Him, and He will make your path straight. Even after I said this to him, I thought about it more and more, and the more it resonated with me. However, I felt doubt. However, whenever I felt doubt, I just thought about this quote and I kept pushing myself. What does this quote mean? It means to trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding of things. In all your ways, acknowledge him. He's the one who will make your path straight. And most importantly, in difficult times, we must trust in God. What is it about this passage that comforts us during difficult times? For me, it's knowing that our Lord is faithful and true to all who call upon his name and live faithfully. It's knowing that when God says you can trust him, you can. It's knowing when God makes a promise, we don't have to worry, it will come true, for God cannot lie. The first word of this pac- passage is trust. Trust meaning is an assured reliance on the character, ability, strength, truth or of something or someone, one of which is confidence is place, which aligns perfectly with God. Trust is having confidence in God, what he can do. Now ask yourself, do you trust in the Lord to provide a way of escape in times of temptation? Do you trust in God when he says he will take vengeance for you so you can turn all your hurts over to God and be at peace? Do you trust God to forgive you of your sins? If you do, then why, let go, why not let go of the guilt that keeps you in bondage? Biblical faith begins with belief and trust in the promises of God. If you don't trust, then you won't be obedient. If you're not obedient, then you can't be faithful because you don't trust God. The way to make it through difficult times is with the strength of the Lord and his word. There's something very calming about repeating the words of scripture aloud. For those who know Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, know the power of saying it aloud to themselves when they're going through difficult times. When we can't understand the crisis or solve the problems, we can say trust in the Lord with all your heart. When you can't bear the pain or withstand the pressure, you can remind yourself to trust in the Lord with all your heart. To trust in the Lord with all your heart refers to the total surrender of self because you can't trust in God if you trust more in yourself. It's the realization that you can't do this alone, that you need your Lord to be your guide. That's why verse 3 says, lean not on your own understanding. Oftentimes, it's our understanding that gets us in trouble in the first place. Most, if not all our troubles, temptations, and hurt, and so on, come because we haven't trusted the Lord. The Apostle Peter tells us in Peter, Second Peter verses 1 and 3, chapter 1, verse 3, Seeing that his divine power is granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness, through the true knowledge of him who calls us by his own glory and excellence. Peter is telling us that God has given us all the knowledge we need to live holy and righteous lives before him. Jeremiah 10, 10, 23 says, I know, O Lord, that a man's way is not in himself, nor is it in a man who walks to direct his steps. Brethren, the scriptures will t- direct us in life and godliness, but only if you're willing to trust and obey anyone and obey the Lord. Anyone who has lived or worked in a skyscraper knows tall buildings are meant to sway in the wind. There's nothing you can do. There's no danger. The engineers know it will happen, but the sway is always uncomfortable. When engineers and architects design New York uh, CTIP Center, they decided to do something about it. At the top of the 59-story building, they installed a machine. The machine was essentially a 410-ton block of concrete attached to springs, floating on a film of oil. When the building swayed, the block's inertia worked to damp the movement and calm the tenants' queasy stomachs. Brethren, similarly, when the winds of gust of life gust around us, there is a stabilizing force in the heart of every believer that calms his or her fears. It is trust in God. Only when we trust in the strength and the words of God. Can we truly experience peace in life? My hope this morning is to encourage you to really ask yourself how much you trust in the strength of the Lord. Ask yourself, does the word of God really guide your life's decision? How often does your will and desire get in the way of the will of God? These are important questions to ask yourselves if we wish to walk in the ways of the Lord and be pleasing in his sight. Thank you for your attention this morning.
2: Is the Lord honored today? Amen. Can I get an amen from the congregation? The Lord is being honored today. The next generation of this great congregation is before us here this morning, uh, doing the entirety of our worship, and I don't have a mic, so i got to stand here. Uh, and so, I'm just, I know it's there, but I'm just so proud of these guys, each and every one of them, uh, because I know there's growing men in congregations all around the country and the world uh, who, who fear to even stand up and do what these young men are doing. And so I thank you for your service to the Lord. I thank you for your, uh, this, this, every aspect of worship that you guys have done. And as you think about the scriptures that they spoke, the first one that they spoke was Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understandings. And in, in all your ways, acknowledge him. He'll make your path straight. I mean, that's really what Joe just got done talking about, trusting in the Lord. I think about what Aiden had to say about ignoring, ignoring the warning signs in Acts chapter 17, verse 30 and 31, which was the scripture reading. Therefore, having overlooked the times of ignorance, God is now declaring to all people everywhere to do what? To repent. For he has fixed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness through a man whom he has appointed, having furnished proof by raising him from the dead. Well, what is the point? We read those passages of scripture because if you trust in the Lord with all your hearts, And you lean not on your own understanding then you know that the only way to get into christ is to be clothed with christ to be baptized into christ to have your sins washed away receive the gift of the holy spirit that's going to seal us for the day of redemption and understanding that god and god himself will then add you to the church and so brethren if there's anybody amongst us today who is not a child of god and that is your desire to become a child of god to have your sins washed away to become a new creation You can come forward as we stand and sing the song of invitation.